This is the emdocs.net podcast with Britt Long and Manny Singh. We bring you high-yield content about what you're seeing every day in the ED. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the emdocs.net podcast. Today, we're here with Jess Pelletier, EM Education Fellow at Washington University in St. Louis. Great to have you back, Jess. Thanks, Britt. I'm thrilled to be back on the show today. Jess, there's recently been all this GLP-1 agonist craze. You look at social media, the news, maybe you've been asked about these medications by family members or probably patients. The drugs have become extremely popular for weight loss, and there are multiple studies showing that they're effective in the right patient. That right patient is a person with a BMI of 30 or over, or they have a BMI of 27 or over, plus some other weight-related condition like hypertension, diabetes, or hyperlipidemia. But we're starting to hear about some potential side effects. And with more patients on these agents, we're going to see complications in the ED. Before we get to these potential problems, Jess, tell us more about what these drugs actually do. Well, Britt, as most of us know, GLP-1 agonists were originally designed for treating diabetes, but GLP-1 stimulates glucose-dependent release of insulin from the pancreatic islets, and this can actually help lead to reduced gastric emptying and food intake and increased satiety. In other words, this translates to weight loss. The drugs in this family that we'll typically see in the ED include semaglutide or ozempic, Wigovi, and liraglutide, Saxenda or Victoza. Ribelsis is the only GLP-1 agonist that's available in pill form, and the rest of these are subcutaneous injections. Terzepatide or Monjaro is currently under review by the FDA for weight loss, and it's technically only being used for diabetes as of now. Yeah, quite a number of drugs. The specific ones for weight loss are semaglutide or Wegovi, and then liraglutide or Saxenda. Ozempic is semaglutide. That's approved for type 2 diabetes. And then there's liraglutide or Victosa, also approved for type 2 diabetes. Let's get to those side effects. What are the typical problems that we might see from GLP-1 agonists in the ED? Well, there are a variety of side effects, and I'd like to break them into several categories by system. We'll start off with the GI side effects, which are most common. We'll actually see them in 70% of patients. These tend to be worse at initiation or an increase in dose and then get better with time, similar to metformin. The typical GI side effects include nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. Less common stuff would be decreased appetite, abdominal pain, dyspepsia, and constipation. The rare can't-miss and scary stuff would be pancreatitis, bowel obstruction, gastroparesis, and then biliary disease, which I didn't know about. So folks can get cholelithiasis, cholecystitis, and even cholangitis, as well as increased liver enzyme tests, hepatitis, and liver injury. You had mentioned 70%. That means we're definitely going to see these patients. Plus, there's a wide range in the complications. What kind of workup should we be doing in the ED for patients who come in with these GI side effects? 
So nothing different from a typical GI workup, Brit. Laboratory evaluation should include a lipase, liver function testing, and electrolytes. But a CT should be pursued if the patient's story is worrisome for bowel obstruction and biliary ultrasound if the story lines up with that. Yeah, straightforward workup and management. These patients will need IV fluid rehydration, antiemetics, and pain control if they have severe symptoms. What are some other complications that can happen with GLP-1 agonists? Well, the next category of side effects includes dermatologic and hypersensitivity reactions. Like with any drug, folks can get type 1 hypersensitivity from GLP-1 agonists, so they can form IgE antibodies to these drugs, which lead to local skin reactions ranging all the way up to anaphylaxis, usually within six hours of medication exposure. Type 4 hypersensitivity is a little bit more interesting, and it's rare. These are T-cell-mediated reactions that are delayed and can include pustular rashes, vesicular eruption, and psoriasiform eruption. Most of these minor injection site reactions can be treated with oral antihistamines, and obviously if they have anaphylaxis, they need epinephrine. Jess, I've read a fair number of articles about ozempic face. I've also been asked about this on shift. What exactly is this? Well, this is a very unfortunately named condition that's been all over the media and refers to what patients describe as wrinkling of their face and other parts of their bodies. But the drugs aren't actually causing premature aging. The loss of subcutaneous fat just makes skin sag a bit. Definitely an unpleasant side effect, but at least it's not an issue that could cause severe harm or mortality. What are the renal side effects of GLP-1 agonists? The most common would be acute kidney injury due to volume losses from nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea, meaning a pre-renal AKI. Concomitant medications that impact the kidneys that a lot of patients are on nowadays, like ACE inhibitors, put patients at higher risk for this. A less common renal side effect would be acute interstitial nephritis or acute tubular necrosis, meaning intrarenal AKI. Those side effects have been specifically associated with exenatide and liraglutide, but again, super rare. It sounds like most AKIs that occur with GLP-1 agonists are due to pre-renal azotemia and should be treatable with IV fluid resuscitation. If the creatinine is high but the BUN isn't, we need to be worried about an intrarenal issue, and at that point, talking with nephrology is a good next step. What other body systems are left to cover? Two left, Brit, metabolic and ocular. GLP-1 metabolic side effects can obviously cause dehydration, like we've mentioned, and so this can lead to electrolyte derangements. Hypoglycemia shouldn't happen with GLP-1 agonists unless they're combined with other anti-diabetic therapies like insulin or sulfonylureas. Patients might need medication adjustment in the ED to prevent recurrence if they are coming in with low blood sugars. An interesting one is ocular side effects that can happen with GLP-1 agonists. Patients are actually at higher risk for diabetic retinopathy progression if they start these agents. So if people are coming in with visual loss and they're taking GLP-1 agonists, we should probably be doing a full eye exam and talking to ophthalmology. Jess, that's a lot of side effects. 
Let's recap the most common ones that we need to be thinking about when these patients come to the ED. GI is going to be the most common system affected, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea. Rarely we could see pancreatitis, bowel obstruction, or biliary disease. For dermatologic, there can be allergic reactions or skin reactions. Renal will usually be AKI. It's usually pre-renal. We can see metabolic issues like electrolyte derangements. There is a risk of hypoglycemia in patients on a GLP-1 agonist, plus insulin or a sulfonylurea. Final one is ocular. There can be progression of diabetic retinopathy. Along with all of those side effects, there are some other issues. Jess, I've heard that not all formulations of these drugs can be trusted. Yeah, that's right, Britt. So some of these meds don't come in generic form yet, and they can be extremely expensive. To get around that barrier, patients have been trying to obtain GLP-1 agonists from compounding pharmacies, which aren't regulated by the FDA. This poses risks of contamination and infection, especially with subcutaneously injectable drugs. If we find out that our patients are using compounded versions of GLP-1 agonists, we should be encouraging them to stop. Yeah, the FDA actually recommends that patients only obtain these medications from a licensed care provider and that compounded medications should not be used as long as there is an approved form that's available. Well, that's all we have for today. Let's do a quick recap. GLP-1 agonists have become very popular for weight loss. We're going to see patients on these medications. These drugs can have a wide range of side effects, especially GI issues. Beware of compounded formulations and the dangers that can come with them. Jess, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Brett. Lots of fun, as always. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Stay safe and healthy, everyone. 